<laughs> the second I fucking hit it, dude, God. Uh, what is up, y'all? We're on episode 56 of Your House, Our Rules. Fucking, we're, we're off to a good one. We've got Jack back in the fucking chat. Fucking, you know him. We also got our buddy Ryan, who you've probably heard about a couple times on the podcast, but this will be your first time meeting him. Uh, we got a couple things that we're going to get into today, and uh, before we get into that, I kind of want to just kind of introduce the topic that we have, which is going to be Tencent, this kind of mega corporation in China that owns WeChat, and it's just one and everything app. And the reason why we kind of had, this is a good episode for Ryan to get in, is because he actually has WeChat, and he's lived over there for a while. So before we get into the actual topic at hand, I'd like to just kind of, you introduce yourself, Ryan, because uh, they know us. So who are you? What you do? Um well, I'm Ryan. Uh, right now, I'm working at a spa and salon as front desk. I'm uh, in school for massage therapy, and I'm I'm supposed to be graduating in the next like two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the avenue that I'm going with uh, with my career right now. Um, aside from that, I'm I'm kind of just a, a gamer, kind of hang around the house, festivals from time to time. Yeah, um, music's a big part of my life. I mean, it's. That's where we actually met was, I know I met you through Bonnaroo that one year. I think that was 2019 when we first met. First time we met was uh, the Stavi Fest 2018, I think. Nice. Very last, very last Stavi Fest we had. Was it? Yeah, that was whenever you, I, I, you were introduced to Stacy's cousin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Stacy's cousin. <laughs> People always used to come up to me and be like, fucking, I'm trying to figure out who that dude is. He just keeps telling me he's Stacy's cousin. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, who the hell is Stacy? It's like, uh, it's, it's actually Stavi. Uh, you're not supposed to tell him that. They're supposed to be equally as confused at home. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the reason why we kind of got in, so you, you one, uh, we might uh, tie this in a little bit because you were talking about how uh, China kind of is so rich over there that they'll just like rebuild buildings every 60, 70 years or oh, yeah. whatever. And you've been over there. Also, you were talking about like their power grid and stuff like that. So you do have a background in uh, electricity, right? Fucking so yes. uh, that just given that little background yeah, for, for a, you before we get into it. I'm a journeyman electrician by trade um yeah. went through the four years of school I've in the field for six years and decided to just go with a different avenue which is where i'm at now um but yeah no the the power grid systems that we use over here um everything is fix it and replace it mm-hmm. in china it's disposable so if it's broken fix around it don't fix the actual issue mm-hmm. like just unhook a wire and put a new wire in there and run that wire around things yeah um, that's I've got pictures of like the, the telephone lines and, and power systems going across the street that are literally hanging down to where you can reach up and grab it. Yeah. Um, some of it was even like cut and it looked live. So, I mean, I was about ready to ask if it's live or not because fucking that's kind of scary. But yeah, no. Um, uh, the power system, the electrical system over there as a whole is a little bit intimidating coming from my background where everything is supposed to be clean cut, you know, nice and precise down to the measurement. And over there, it's well. Oh, well, yeah. replace it, put another <laughs> wire in there. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of fucking human rights issues that they got going on in China. So, I mean, but when you have that much money and you're able, that's one thing that's so crazy about China is like it's a communist uh, party uh, ran by the CCP, their government. But it is like a widely successful ec- economy ac- across the entire world. And as we've seen throughout human history, like socialism and communism have not worked well for economies, but they're they're making it work somehow. And I guess that's just like, ah, fucking sacrifice human well-being and we can fucking make a lot of money. So, yeah. I mean, so, part of the reason yeah. they're successful is the fact that they are so restrictive and so controlling of their population. Yeah. So people are kind of, they're, they're stuck 
they're stuck in this way of life despite the general unhappy you know uh i mean it's just a lower quality of life compared to so many other first world countries mm -hmm. but the people have no other option you know it's uh it's it's kind of crazy because they've had these huge economic booms because of this as you just covered mm -hmm. you know but also like you know it's it, from a morality standpoint you would think that more people around the globe wouldn't support such uh well, uh, I guess like, you know, like you were saying, like that you wouldn't think that they would support this we're so because dependent. it helps them turn a profit. Yeah. Right. It, well, plus like everyone's, you know, it's corporate greed. So mm -hmm. they're going to do what turns them the biggest profit, which is subsidizing and sending jobs across, you know, over to China where they know they can make more money, even though they, they understand that people are in yeah. incredibly oppressive situations, you know? Right. And one thing that we're going to go, I'm going to go ahead and introduce this real quick. Uh, the, the reason why we're kind of talking about this is I watched uh, the mag it's from Magnetese media. I think that's how you say it. It's called the secret Chinese company that owns everything. It's about 10 cents, which is a large corporation. Um, and they own WeChat, which is the everything app over there. Um, that, you know, it's, you, they interview people uh, about it and they're like, what would your life be without WeChat? And they're like, WeChat is everything in China. But what you were talking about subsidizing and thing like that, the thing that's so crazy about China is that if you want to get into that Chinese market as any business, you have to partner with a local Chinese, uh, corporation or something like that. So that kind of shows how they're able to build so much. And like, when you're talking about Tencent in China, it is the thing like there there's technically three big corporations over there there but Tencent omens like it's it's their Facebook it's their D discord they do their own uh they do their own security uh they make their own video games and stuff like that and when you think about what they're doing outside of that too because now that they've basically dominated that market they're moving outside so they own all of mm -hmm. Riot Games and they own 40% of Epic and Fortnite and shit like that which is the biggest game arguably the biggest game in the world right now it's just like this kind of shows you how dominant they are and it shows how scary it can get with you know them moving into other markets around the world because we right. have to partner with them in order to get to that market but they can freely do everything else it does create issues with them though because you know there's competition over here so they're not going to be able to go to the united states and just dominate the entire market yeah so well what's what's interesting is uh <clears throat> so like in, when they first were i guess when they were founded in 1998 they were incredibly unprofitable mm -hmm. um and in the first but they, three they, years they turned zero profit yep yeah, and almost lost, you know, they almost had to shut down, but they were, so the whole thing of them being backed and, you know, subsidized by the CCP is how they helped, like, stabilize and find their footing. But the fact that China, especially, I mean, it's not just the only country, but they found a way to kind of circumvent copyright laws, and they'll literally copy exactly so like already like a stable market so like aol yeah. so, and icq yeah so, they copied them entirely mm -hmm. their entire you know and then they, once they faced the law they didn't just copy copy but they copied it to a point where they just called it oicq yes oicq yeah. yes yeah and then once they were sued they changed it to qq and then at that point they're not legally liable so it's like you have these people who are clearly copy like copying exactly mm -hmm. like a server or an operating system and they're benefiting from something that was created elsewhere uh, and Tencent is honestly like, I mean, if you're looking at sustainable growth or the fact that they were actually successful in doing this, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, and not that I'm super educated on it, but I don't know of another company who's been so successful. And part of the reason, again, no. is because they're backed by the Chinese government and they're saved by that. You know, well, it's, uh, one one big thing that was with them is the, the entire tech world and they were a tech company, uh, the entire mm -hmm. tech world 
uh, values a lot by just copying from other people. We see it all the time, even over here, like like Apple, Microsoft, all those th- things and shit like that. Social media is all copy each other. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, Snapchat has stories. All of a sudden, fucking, now Facebook's got stories. Now Instagram's got stories. Everybody's got stories. Stories on iMessenger, mm-hmm. like wh- whatever. So that does happen a lot in these, in these markets, but Tencent found a way to absolutely dominate it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how much in those early days the government really was involved with it because it wasn't the thing. But like he says right. at the very beginning of this video that I had said, which is about our 18 minute documentary, he says the thing about Tencent that makes it so scary is it's there's blurred lines where where Tencent ends and the Chinese government begins. So, right. Yeah. And I think honestly what what that may have stemmed from is just the Chinese government realizing that <clears throat> this company in a, in a matter of. 21 years has turned from zero profit to a multi-billion dollar company. Right. Um, I mean, in, in an economy and in a government that's pretty soul set on, on funding and making sure that they have money. I mean, they're one of the richest countries in the world. Yeah. Um, so it does not surprise me in the least that at some point the Chinese government has stepped in and made some sort of copyright changes or amendments or whatever the case may be Yeah. Um, to where they are, let's say 49% shareholder kind of thing. Right. I mean, but even over there, we talked about like the human, the human resources or whatever, like the, 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 there's no, uh, shit. I can't think of the fucking word for it. I kind of like lost it, but, um, there's no human rights over there like that. So basically what they can do, they have this giant corporation and the government is going to be like, Hey, do this or, or else. And like, because they're the only thing that really has the power to shut Tencent down. We can't go in as a foreign government and get involved over there, but they can because they're over there. And because they lack that, they can do whatever the fuck they want to. And that's why uh, at the end of the video, you start seeing things that they're doing, like skewing video games and like putting uh, propaganda in video games or whatever to just make it at this point, now that their spokesman has stepped down and stuff like that, like it's starting to become this thing that like almost is completely backed by the uh, CCP. So, yeah. Mm. But well, you know, and it's also a bit, it benefits them greatly from supporting this company because now because WeChat is the everything app and they've got everything rounded up into one. And like you said, they're interviewing these people and it's, you know, they're so tied in everything they do in their life, whether it's for business or talking with their friends or playing mm-hmm. video games or using social media, everything's tied through that. And just like other tech companies that we have, you know, Facebook, Snapchat, Apple, like they all have these backdoor and uh, fine print agreements that we all blindly agree to, which allows them to get our data. Mm-hmm. So because China is such a surveillance state and they benefit greatly from having surveillance and control on not only just their youth and schools, yeah. um, now they've got AI and stuff like that, these things that children wear so they know when they're not paying attention like it's just this crazy surveillance state where these people are brought up in so once again it benefits them greatly from using tencent because everybody is using their operating system so at this point how would it benefit the chinese government from doing anything that inhibits tencent from doing what it's doing exactly because they're getting all that data from from them or whatever so yeah um I just don't know, man. We WeChat is the it's the dog, main dog over there. I kind of want to get to Ryan a little bit and talk about like you know what WeChat is like because you're the only one that's actually used it. So I mean, from what I understand, this is just a straight up everything app. Like you can shop on it. One thing that I noticed about the video, the documentary that I was watching, was he was talking about you know how like they we integrate ads 
uh, into like everything over here with social media or whatever because that's how they they like make money or whatever by doing those advertisements because wechat is such the dominant force over there apparently there's just no advertisements in it and it's such this it's such a clean clean streamlined user interface and everything that like there's a reason why it's so dominant so uh yeah to kind of take us through it ryan i mean because <clears throat> i lived in in china for about a month and a couple days, give or take. Um, it's supposed to be over there longer, but it... it... Why were anyway. you over there? Um, so a buddy of mine from high school, um, his parents were teachers abroad, okay. and uh, they were stationed in Chengdu, China. It was a five-year teaching teaching gig, and then from there they would go to another country and, and do the same thing there, another five-year contract. Um, but I went over there to to spend some time with, uh, with my friend and his family and get immersed in the culture itself. Um, I mean, in, in all honesty, it it was a wild experience. Um, you know, you see pictures of uh, of corner street corners with thousands of people just standing there, scooters, buses. I mean, it's all it's all real. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in, like I said, Chengdu, China, and that's that's one of the biggest cities over in China. I mean, their their population is well over New York City's with a, a, the area size of well, not I too mean, terribly much over New York City. China I itself mean, has, I think, like 10 cities that are more populated than New York. On the, on the world mm-hmm. scale, New York is not, not as big population-wise as people really think it is. Um, no, no, yeah. and, and you're absolutely correct. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, this this city itself is is like the third largest in, in all of China. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive city. Um, so I was only a really small portion of it. Um, I mean, I, I ended up coming back. It, it it became like a very routine thing. You know, we'd go to the bar five, six nights out of the week, come back, wake up the next day, watch some TV, and, and just kind of wait around and do it all over again. So, I mean, I, I left because it became a very mundane thing. I could do that over here kind of kind of situation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it ended up, I ended up leaving because of that. But uh, communication in china strictly was wechat um trying to get anybody's name or number or any information i mean there were people that would just hand out a business card with their information on it yeah and every bit of it was wechat yeah Um, and i heard that like wechat is completely like all there's almost no currency over there like no paper currency at least everything is done from like a venmo type thing through wechat and that may have been something new since I was over there. Um, okay. I mean, I was only over there for a month. When um, was so it? So I wasn't like 2017, I okay. want to say. So about five, six years ago, give or take. Um, but at that time, I was still uh, using, you know, I, I had money in my account over here. I would just go to an ATM, pull money out and use that there. I, I mean, I could use my card, but um, at the same time, it, I was just using cash because it was easier. Um so I'm not 100% sure of, of like, the uh, using WeChat as your financial institution kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. But but I do know that there's a lot of people that were using just their phones to pay. And I, I didn't – Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just, like, a WeChat QR code like our tap. Yeah. Our tap situation is on our phones. Well, well, another thing that I saw that was really crazy, it goes back to the human rights or whatever, was that they were using WeChat and during COVID, that, that whole like scenario or whatever, the kind of like South, South Korea did, but a little bit more intense. 
they would have colored QR codes that each person was assigned through WeChat that they'd be able to be like, this person's healthy, this person's sick, this person's quarantined. And uh, it would like ping you if you were in a certain area location, like a certain far away from this person and let you know that like this, this person's on the street and they're supposed to be quarantined and stuff like that. So yeah, Dude, I bet the people's phones and notifications were going crazy around that. Time. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's no, that's I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was in the um, documentary that uh, I was because I was watching last night. I got like halfway through, maybe a little bit more, uh, just kind of, you know, re-upping because I watched it last week. But I want to, you know, go over it again just to make sure that I had like all the all the stats that I needed to. And yeah, that that was one of the crazier things that I've ever seen uh, that I saw about it. But it's it's it. They have people on there who are talking about and they're like, WeChat is everything over here they're like my, my i wouldn't know how to exist without wechat it's 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 absolutely crazy so which and you you when you consider like just the uh, it's so monopolistic and obviously like we have these we have these laws in place to try to skew away i mean at least in america but like it's all bullshit i mean look at walmart look at every major corporation they all try to monopolize so they could benefit and you know like everything that we put in place to kind of deter this kind of behavior is just bullshit yeah. and in china it's the same fucking thing like from a business standpoint, you want to secure your future by making it to where it's just inconvenient for anyone not to use your your product. And they are just far and away, they might be the best company in the world in, in doing so because oh, they have everything tied into dude, it. I mean, they're they're uh, just their like monetization part of the application is almost as big mm -hmm. as um is almost as big as PayPal's entire network. And apparently they do like 1 billion sales, sale transactions a day. And it's more than MasterCard and Visa combined. Fucking, right. Well, yeah. and didn't they kind of like, I don't know if they're the first person to do it, but they were, I believe, the first company who really streamlined in purchase apps to well, make it to where... You know, they're, they're, they don't, like you said, they don't need advertisements because they make all of their money through in-person. So, so one of the big things that they say on that documentary was their um, conversion over to the gaming market or whatever, and mm -hmm. like integrating games into their chats and stuff like that. But they realized at the end of the day that, you know, you have a video game rather than charging people the money, you're going to make a lot more money by microtransactions, which we now know right. is like the standard for all video games. But they were the ones that kind of invented that. They were like, hey, right. it makes more sense because people don't really want to spend subscription fees for on the Internet. Now it's weird because back then that was the way. But but now mm. people do it all the time. So they're like, we're just going to give people games for free and just charge them out the ass for a skin or something like that. And people are obviously willing to pay it. I've spent when Fortnite was the big thing i spent way more than i ever would to buy like a copy of call of duty on fortnite on skins and shit oh sure yeah. Yeah. well and also like I, i'm not super prone to doing that which also i mean i'm, I'm a broadcast i'm not any so i'm not anymore money you know, like uh, right yeah well like the thing is is they did a good job of targeting younger people younger people are more inclined to spend their money on superficial things it's yeah. just what they do they, they have more exp or less expenditures like or expenses they have mm -hmm. to make so of course you know they, they did such a good job of targeting say for example kids in my son's age range up to being 18 years old because you don't have a lot you have to pay for a lot of times you're operating with money that is given to you through family so it's like why would you not buy those things yeah. you want yeah, to be the badass kid killing disposable. yeah you, 
money. Exactly. Yeah. Disposable income. And you want to be the kid crushing people with the cool skin. Yeah. So like, it makes sense. You know, it does make sense and it's ingenious. Yeah. honestly. And so. now the way Fortnite does something, cause like the, I haven't spent a dime on apex. I know you guys love apex. Haven't yeah. spent a, a dime, not even the bow pass or whatever, but Fortnite does like all these partnerships with like star Wars and Naruto right. and the Marvel universe and stuff like that. It's like, so now I can play as fucking Naruto. They just did one with attack on Titan. It's like, I can really be Levi oh, and with ODM gear, just slinging fucking blades at people yeah like uh, get, take shut up and take my money God yeah right <laughs> right yeah. I've, I've probably spent 80 bucks on apex over four years which isn't bad you yeah. consider 20 dollars a year um and you know one of the reasons i mean for example that game just is so important to me is because almost all my friends play it it gives me a very streamlined way to keep up with my friends and play yeah. games which is honestly the best thing about it to me and when you're talking about something like 10 cent or whatever uh i i believe that their whole thing is like I'm not sure necessarily how this works, but it's like the Riot like genre or whatever. I'm thinking Riot Games is like the whole like kind of like the Epic Game Store for Tencent or whatever. But if you think about that, how dominant this is with like what two billion people in China or whatever. So now right. you have that aspect of things. If people are gaming and gaming is such a big thing over there, it's all in this one network, and it's still using like the QQ chats from back in the day that they're they're all running through it. So it's just mm. it, it's absolutely crazy. Now let's kind of get into like the, the the whether or not you see this as evil because Elon Musk he's not doing it anymore, but he wanted to start doing uh, like this all in one application or whatever. And if you watch the documentary, the guy, he's like not necessarily making Tencent out to be evil, but because of its connections to the government, it kind of becomes that way. And because like we were mentioned before, the surveillance of everything, it's just, it, it gets a little bit sketchy. Now, I don't really care. I know that I'm being fucking, people are watching me, like people are listening, whether or not they're like actually like paying attention to it or whatever. My phone's listening to me, everything. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they, if they want to know what I'm doing, if they want to get me they can get me so i'm not too scared on that but like when it comes to something like looking at what's happening in china and these guys who are working like the 996 99 six days a week it, it becomes a little bit scary because it's like we're all kind of being programmed to become these just monotonous drones that do whatever the government is saying so sure. um i i don't necessarily see tencent as an evil corporation i think genuinely it's one of the most successful businesses of all time and like i really would like to have an application that uh is just unifies everything because like my entire life it hasn't been till the last two three years that i've even been able to game with people on other consoles and stuff like that like i do want right. to see that but when you have something as connected as that it's very easy to get in and you know vandalize it and corrupt it make it malicious in nature so I mean, and yeah. I, I don't see the company itself as evil or malicious in any way. I, I think it's more or less like the the power struggle, you know, mm -hmm. good guys versus bad guys. If you if you want to say like it, it falls into the wrong hands, it's it's going to go downhill really quick right. and cause a lot of issues along the way. Um, it's kind of like I guess it also kind of like depends on if the government does step in and create an infrastructure around it that just causes more mm -hmm. then yes we could say it could be an evil company but as a whole i i mean it's it's kind of just doing its thing and and the entire country is using it for their own benefit whether yeah. it be good or bad yeah i i mean there there are some things that are, are they're doing there's there there 
lately I've seen because at the, once you get to the end of the documentary, there's stuff that like the the government is has such a hand in it at this point that they pretty much pushed pushed out Pony Ma, who was the creator and stuff like that. And they have like these super propagandized games that are like they have like a game that's literally like you just pay money to to like wave to the zing the international leader of the communist party or whatever like it's it's literally yeah z or whatever that however you say it but like literally you're just paying money and you can send him like a salute over a video game and that's like it's like that's starting to get a little bit crazy that's starting to be Yeah. yeah yeah well he's he's one of the most terrifying leaders in the world i mean not not that his ideals are much worse than many others but it's because of the control that he has over such a huge population that is incredibly like their military is ridiculous uh the things that really make me a little bit more optimistic about their situation is for one china like the united states like russia their birth rate is falling they they literally do not they're not having enough adults having children to replace the people who are dying off which is the biggest the biggest sign that they could struggle in the future, but that's the same problem we're facing. It's the same problem Russia's, Russia's facing. So, uh, but going back to what you're talking about, I agree with Ryan. Like, good and evil, bad, good and bad, whatever. Those things are so subjective, and they vary from person to person. Me and my moral compass and my ethics, or whatever you want to call it, I definitely don't consider them good. Uh, simply because of the control that they have and the things that they do to their people, um, and that's what it comes down to. To me, if you are, and we're the same way, like. If our, if our corporations, if our government is skewing towards control, if we're lying and manipulating and propagandizing, which we do, yeah. uh, if we're doing those things to further oppress and subjugate our people while propping up the corporations, big, you know, big pharma, the medical industry, the military industrial, if we're doing those things to prop those people up while further pushing us and eroding, eroding mm-hmm. our middle class and oppressing our, our poor people then those things are evil i mean well now in here, my opinion here's now here's the thing about it we're talking about this control or whatever so they do have control but also now that we're in this like super interconnected digital era they're desensitizing us to the point where we're not even able to realize what is happening therefore there isn't going to be that power struggle we're just going to slowly fall into the void of fucking nothingness and control so that's where i see that there is like an not not inherent even evil because like you said i don't believe in good and evil i don't think that it is but i think that if something isn't done this could be very bad for our current way of life i guess i should put it yeah i agree no i agree i mean what what we were raised on especially in america which i mean many other countries do this is we're raised on the ideal that we're number one you know like we're the great we're the we're the saviors of the world we're the world's police and like those things may have been true at a certain point in time but we've used that propaganda to once again kind of like formulate these uh divisions in our country you know you've got you know i mean really we could go on and on about all the different groups and sects in this country but then they turn us on each other which god the united states is so good at doing that like i mean that's the reason that we can't do anything about the problems that we are all aware of is because we can't agree on shit even people like you and i and ryan who we share a good degree of you know our moral compass and what we believe in and what we think is right but we still have little things that are going to by and large cause us to argue rather than have intelligent conversations and debate to come to find common ground, you know, and that's just, 
we're victims of propaganda and every one of us should be aware yeah. of that. It's the only way I think we'll break free. So yeah, the good it is what it is. The, I mean, the good thing is at least like with this group of people and stuff like that, I would say like, I argue with Jack all the time, like, but it's usually over petty shit. Like when it comes down yeah. to it, when it's shit like that actually matters, I think that we're able to keep our rationales behind us a little bit more sure. and, and like move past it. Circling back. Um, our economy over here is vastly different than the economy over there in China. Like, our economy over here is to maintain and preserve theirs is a very disposable economy mm -hmm. um like whenever i was over there the government from what i had heard i'd I, fact check it fact check me all you want I'd, I'd go for it but um from what i had heard cars over there on the street are no no more than 10 or 15 years old because the government makes them replace them yeah. which i mean is an intelligent aspect because you don't have cars breaking down the side of the road yeah. causing all this what which, freeway jam up and everything because i mean their population is vastly larger than ours yeah and i don't think um, that that's a bad idea now you were talking about how we kind of maintain or whatever because we have that whole like americana i don't know how the ccp is over there with their government if they really care or whatever but like there i've seen things where like there there's guys who visit china and they go to like some outer temple or whatever and they're like it really hit me that the waterfall that I was looking at or like this little man-made fountain or whatever. He's like, that thing was a thousand years old. And he's like, that really put things into perspective. That thing is twice as old as the entire United States is at all. Like obviously the land was there, but like the Europeans came right. in and they created their own culture over in the West. So yeah, but yeah. I don't necessarily mind the whole like, making people get fucking cars every 15 years, especially when we're talking about, you know, like climate change and the impacts that it has on the government or, or on the environment. Uh, if you make people not have cars after 15, obviously our technology is getting better and better as we go. So it make a lot of sense to do that. And you just don't have all the raggedy ass cars broken down on the side of the road that no one fucking replaces over here. So, or gets yeah. rid of over I here. mean, what happens, a... maybe Sorry, you can answer this, Ryan, like what, what happens with all the things that they throw away? It's, it creates even more of a wasteful throwaway culture, right? Because I have heard about, especially in Japan and China, they have like kind of like we have Black Friday. So like one day a year, you can go to certain rich neighborhoods and literally just pick up a year old what was a brand new flat screen because these people buy new and just toss their shit on the street. But what happens to all that shit? Because that's, that's um, you know, what do we do there? You know, I mean, once again, we're just encouraging wastefulness, right? I mean, I could... So no I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about like uh, landfill waste and stuff like that. I do know that they are also a recycling economy. Mm -hmm. um, so like a lot of times they're the vehicles that they're getting rid of and disposing they're they're crushing down, they're melting down, they're making into new parts, um, cool. which also kind of plays into the quality of product that they produce. Everybody's ordered things from from China, like a power cord for their laptop or whatever the case is. Um, I have it. God damn it. Terrible quality. There ain't shit from fucking China over here, man. It's all American made. I drive American it's cars. I, I do it all, um, man. Shit. I got yeah. a Honda, so. Shit. We, <laughs> we smoke crack over here. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I know that they, they're, they're, uh, they, they recycle a lot of what they do. And I mean, yeah. it also plays into part with like quality. But um, right. I mean, even down to like their infrastructures, like buildings over there, skyscrapers, they'll build them and then tear them down 50 to 75 years later just to make sure that people in their area have a job the the mm. construction workers have a job so they'll, they'll literally i watched a project across the street from the apartment complex there was a school across the uh across the street from the apartment complex and uh the month i was over there i watched a project where they literally 
broke down the sidewalk and dug up trees to move them six inches farther away from the school just because yeah right just yeah. to get people it, not jobs. only not only do are they financially well off enough to do that but they also have enough people that that need a job so they'll just be like hey you on the street do you want to make ten dollars an hour for the next you know month or so and just dig up trees and and move them six inches yeah. and then replant the tree and then repave the sidewalk yeah. like it's now here's the thing about that like that's cool and like i i for one am a big part of that but like i just did that ai uh segment that we had on the podcast a little bit ago and we're starting to move into like we're talking about how like that could cause like a more automated infrastructure that we have where the people aren't necessarily working those jobs when you have something so densely populated and you have this technical technological boom that we talked about with like Tencent and everything that they're doing over there how does that work in the future with like you know they're doing this so people have jobs but if the jobs aren't being worked by people at what what point does that make any fucking sense know what i mean i mean it also that that also plays into like jobs as a whole like a lot of the jobs like construction a lot of it cannot be done by ai it can't be done by robotics and if it is it's going to cost so much more yeah not yet but currently i mean and that's that's where we're at right now yeah Um, it's such a young technology that we don't really know the capabilities of it but that's what gibby was telling me in the group chat when you were bringing i think it was the the same conversation but he's like he's uh he was like my job's never going to be i'm an electrician my job's never going to be taken by an ai i was like not yet i was like but once it gets advanced enough like the the sheer capacity that a computer has and the, the processing power of uh, computers it's so vastly infinitely better than a, what a human organic brain can do that they're yeah. going to be able to do so much more they just need to find a way to make it work i mean and they're already but, making like even going down into like the the electrical field that gibby's in like they're already prefabbing 90 percent of everything on the job they just need someone to put it on the wall and connect the pipes together and run a piece of wire through it yeah. and that be done. Um, so, I mean, even down to that, like it, it's already made huge, yeah. huge jumps. And since I've right. been out of the field and I know we'll, um, we're going to talk you're... about it a little bit later, but uh, I, I don't want to circle back in cause we still on this segment a little bit, but uh, the whole writer strike that we're going to talk about for the second segment, one of the big things that is going on with the writers on strike is they, they yes, they want they want something to be done about the AI bots that are, are writing mm. scripts and shit for people. So like it, it's already it's in its infancy, but it's it's evolving fast and it's already doing shit right. that fucking we were not prepared for in its infancy. So, yeah. Well, we're taking away like, I mean, every human being who wants to get into any field, you have to be educated. So you take, for example, being an electrician, how many years has Gibby went to school to be as excellent of an electrician he is? If you take that need away for artificial intelligence, say, I mean, let's just use like iRobot for an example, like those humanoid sub biological beings, if you can be uploaded a complete education on how to do something, you take away the need for financing people to go to school, the time constraints that go with them to getting into school, you know, and like, once again, just using electricians as a field, since we're talking about that, who's to say that 10 years down the line that that isn't something like if we're heavily investing in AI because corporations understand how it's going to affect their bottom line. I mean, this this technology is going to exponentially grow in a way that we aren't going to we're not going to have any control or even be educated on it until it's until it's there. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of stopping it right now because fucking, it's just there's a lot of fucking shit 
that can happen. We were talking about before. Just don't turn into it Mad Max because it, it may us. <laughs> because there's people at top fucking like we don't know anything about how this shit works, how it's made. Right. But the people at the top do, <laughs> and if they have malicious intent, they could very easily use this shit for no good. So. And why wouldn't they? If if they're driven by making their their shareholders more money, which let's fucking just admit it, that's what every goddamn corporation wants is to increase their profits. My job, for example, where I do accounting work, just in the last six months, mm-hmm. it's been so streamlined. Almost, I'd say 60% of my job is done through automation now. I still do the work. Like, I'm still, like, kind of, like, making... You're, I'm still pressing you're, buttons yeah. to make things happen. You're making the but script do it, but, fucking, that's yeah. because the script is unable to realize what it needs to do exactly. on its own. Yeah. The script it, can't it, push its own button. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. My job's easier now. And like, if you look at it at face value, it's like, oh man, my job's getting easier and I'm getting paid the same. But what I've tried to talk to my boss about, and I've been very candid, I'm like, but what happens when they turn a corner with it and my job isn't necessary anymore? Why would they not lay us off? Yeah. You know, like well, I'm in the, Tennessee and at will state, they wouldn't even need a reason to fire the, me. The only so, thing, and like this brings up an interesting question, is the birth of AI, the death of capitalism? Because they're going mm-hmm. to have to find a way to fucking to, to support people and uh, I right. heard someone commenting on it that like AI was gonna start giving everybody a living wage, and I put I, right, put, right. I, I commented back. I said "living" in quotation marks because yeah, are right. they really gonna give us what we do need to to survive off of it when they don't need the minimum wage? They're right not giving now, currently yeah. is just trash. Yeah, right. And then they also have more control over us because it's like okay, well you're gonna do this or you don't get your living wage. You're gonna sacrifice these freedoms. You're going to be limited to this much time outside of your house. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you know, like it's just more of a means to control us and our decision making and our individualism and our freedoms. And that's the scariest part to me because uh, that's the most important part of being alive to me is like having like freedom to generated communism. That's it, exactly <laughs> what it is. You know, it's a, it's a way to for, for them to oppress us again and again and again. And the biggest problem to me is like, we don't have any leadership who seems to want to do anything about it. And the ones who do want to do anything about it are suppressed. Well, that's... RFK Jr. is a perfect example. Like they're doing everything they can to ruin his bid to be the yeah. president because they know he will just destroy. Well, the... He will shake shit up. You know, it's, the... they don't want that. The thing about it is like the, the, the leadership that we have, like we have these figureheads, which are politicians that are technically the leadership, but they're all owned by whoever is paying them the money to get to where they're at. Yeah. So right, like, right, right. like, and who are the people that have the money to give them where they're at? They're the fucking tech billionaires in Silicon Valley that have been making the shit on their own. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a lot, man. Fucking, we're living in a yeah. really crazy world right now, man. There's a lot of shit changing because, like, the, with our entire lives, when I was a kid, when we were kids, 90s, 80s, or whatever, we were taught about the Industrial Revolution. We were living in the later half of the Industrial Revolution, and they thought that that was going to continue to go on. But now that we have, like, social media and this digital boom that we have had, we've moved past the Industrial Revolution. Now we're in the social revolution, the digital revolution that we're having. And it's, like, we're at its infancy and it's it's going so fast that it's almost impossible to comprehend what the future ramifications are of what we're doing. So, right. yeah. Yeah, there's no way to foresee the consequences of the actions that we're, we're, we're causing and creating. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can keep burning your buildings down and fucking recreating them to create jobs, but... Or those jobs going to be filled by the people when when it comes down to it. So yeah, yeah. right. You got a point. 
Yeah. So, we got anything else we want to say about the the infrastructure or whatever? No. I think I'm all right. Think we covered it? All right. Fucking, I'm going to stop this real quick.